0: Girlfriends, episode number 360, Creating Home with Blair Size. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we have a special guest who is sharing about a new project that she and her family have founded together. It's all about ethical shopping and creating a home. I can't wait to share this conversation with you. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Happy Lent. We're fully in it now. And if you haven't started your Lent yet, I know there's some of you out there. I know (laughs) you haven't gotten around to it yet, and it kind of caught you unawares. Well, you can always go back and listen to last week's episode. It's not too late to make a plan for your Lent this year, okay? You can go back and listen. We shared some ideas last week. And um, there's all kinds of resources over at ascensionpress.com. There's resources in the Girlfriends Community. We're doing that together over at girlfriendscommunity.com. We have daily Lenten content there. Simple to sign up. Join us over there and get that daily content. It's very doable. Do not give up just because you haven't done it yet, okay? But for those of you who have fully started, I hope your first week of Lent has gone well. I hope you are fully embracing the season and all that God has planned to shower you with graces through the new commitments you might be taking on, the old habits you might be working to break, and the room that you're looking to make in your heart to have more of God in your day, more of prayer in your day, more room for God to work in, in you during the season of Lent. So it's not too late. Remember that Lent isn't something that you are going to accomplish. It's about opening yourself up to what God's plan is for you. And it's never too late for that. So I hope you will join us over at the Girlfriends Community. If you enjoy what we share here on the podcast, The Girlfriends Community is a no-brainer. It's a natural way for us to continue these conversations, talk about all of these kinds of topics that we discuss here on Girlfriends, everything from homemaking to marriage to parenting to work, relationships and wellness, all these things that I care about, I know that you care about as well and always looking to grow together in friendship and supportive community at the Girlfriends Community. So you can check all of that out. You can try it out for free at girlfriendscommunity.com. Right. Today, we are going to be talking with a special guest. Blair Size is joining me. I was really intrigued by this online shop that she founded together with her family. I won't tell you about it. I will let her share all of the details with you. So take a listen to our recent conversation. I have a special guest joining me here on Girlfriends today. Blair Size is here with me. Blair is the founder of the online shop, The Village Green, which she and her husband, Jordan, opened in the spring of 2021. After moving across the country, she had a deep desire to fill her home with beautiful goods tied to a person and a place. And when she couldn't find the type of online shop she was looking for, she decided to create it herself. She has a passion for connecting her customers with artisans, but also finding beautiful wares inspired by quaint English villages. Great literature and feminine details. Blair, her husband and three girls ages four, two and eight months live just a half mile away from the sea in Newport, Rhode Island. Welcome, Blair to Girlfriends. I'm so happy that you're here.
1: Thank you so much, Danielle. It's an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you join me. I'm excited. So when I learned about this online shop that you have created, I was fascinated just by the very idea of it. So just to get us started, can you just share with us a little bit about your your faith background, your upbringing, and what how you ended up where you are today working on this?
1: Yes. Well, I think in terms of this project, um, it's important to note that I'm a, from a family of entrepreneurs. So uh-huh. I think having that entrepreneurial spirit really helped. I have a background in history and... Um, a master's in uh, Catholic studies from the University of St. Thomas, which just inspired this love of theology and this kind of wholeness and whole living based on the incarnation and the incarnational realities. So um, that's just kind of my background, Um, Mm -hmm. but I love to create and my husband is good at encouraging that in me. So he said uh, this would be kind of a great project for us to take on. Mm-hmm. And we moved to Rhode Island about two years ago. And this we moved a month before the pandemic started. And mm-hmm. that's really what sparked this because we I was stuck filling our home with goods that I could buy online uh, because mm-hmm. we couldn't leave the house. <laughs> and um, at least not to go shopping. Right. And I said, I wish there was something that... I could really get to know the people who are making the goods that I'm buying. I felt I had this kind of feeling when I would order all the stuff from kind of like big box stores. It felt more like clutter to me than kind of Mm -hmm. adding beauty and value to our home. And that's where the idea came from.
0: Okay, yeah. So you, you during the pandemic, so, like so many things that were birthed yes. during the pandemic, it kind of it was a, a happy kind of circumstance that you were inspired in this direction. Because I, I loved when, you know, when I first went to your website, which by the way, folks is shopthevillagegreen.com. I was encouraged by reading your story, because it's something that I've experienced as well. Like, I mean, I love Home Goods. I mean, don't get me wrong, and I love TJ Maxx. But mm-hmm. you know, when you're going to those places, like you said, there's a lot of stuff there that, like, you don't know, you know, where it came from, who mm-hmm. created it, under what conditions it was created. There's not really a story behind it. I mean, there might be, but you don't know mm-hmm. it, and it might not be a good one. So, I, I love this idea of kind of bringing this positivity to. The way that we're going to decorate our homes. So, mm-hmm. um, so your husband encouraged you. How did you begin? Like, what what did you first focused on?
1: I first, oh gosh, there uh, there was such a big learning curve for me. Um, mm-hmm. I had to learn about how to run a business <laughs> first of all. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of learning about how to package things properly, which you know that's not exactly what I thought I was getting myself into. Right. But of course, that's like a very that's big, a big part, part of it. it. Yeah. Um, building a website, which we did ourselves, and we did. Everything ourselves, but just searching for beautiful goods, connecting with artisans and just seeing what they thought of the project. And of course, mm-hmm. they were thrilled to be able to have their name and their face and their story behind their own goods that we were selling. So it's been a wonderful journey uh, to learn a lot of different things uh, from the business side, but then also right. from the artisan side. And I've learned a lot about that too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been. You know, just the journey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, everything from the packaging to the business side of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what were some of your first items? What did you go after first?
1: You know, one of the first things I saw was this beautiful beeswax honey pot. And it's a honey pot mm-hmm. made of 100% beeswax. And I thought, I've never seen anything like this before. This is gorgeous. It's handmade. And that was one of our first um, products. And we still have it in the shops today. And it's, very popular. And if you look at it, you'll see why it's just beautiful. And yeah. so we really focus on like really unique items. And they they make really thoughtful gifts because, you know, we write on a card with each item who made it. And I right. think that's kind of a special thing to give to a friend or a loved one. Um, and, and that's what I love to find is unique, beautiful things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then you definitely have them like, you know, if you, if you go folks over to shopthevillagegreen.com, you're not going to find, you know, 10,000 things, right? It's not Amazon, right? (laughs) These are carefully selected and curated items. So what really strikes me about a lot of these things is how personalized they feel, and what a great gift they would make. Mm -hmm. And do do people use your site a lot for that sort of thing, gift giving?
1: Yes, a lot. And we hope that we can help people do that as well. We hand wrap everything. Most items have like a wax seal, and twine and we care about how they look too because right. um, that's of course part of a whole mission is bringing beauty into the home and kind of that like true beauty um, mm-hmm. that is tied with goodness and so yes there and we'll we'll write you know your gift message on it and do the whole thing mm-hmm. because it's just a wonderful way to give a gift we think and a thoughtful way to do it as well
0: okay so why the village green why, why did you decide to name your shop the village green
1: yes um, I think I've always been a little bit nostalgic for a time when you could go to a market square and meet people face-to-face and buy mm-hmm. things from them face-to-face, learn their story and who they are. And so the Village Green is typically an English, a place you'd find in an English village, although there are some in, um, you know, older cities in America too. And mm-hmm. um, where people would graze their animals together, have festivals together, sell things, you know. And so I pictured this as kind of the meeting place online, the online version. And I'm always trying to figure out how can we renew the online space? I know it gets a lot of flack, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're able to do this today because of the internet and what it provides us. So what what Good, can we draw out of it? And mm-hmm. and I said, I can, I can't replicate a village green, but I can do my best and um, take that idea and bring it online.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful and, and so personalized. And maybe you could speak a little bit about that, like about honoring the people behind the products that we consume. You know, I I'm always struck by, and, and I'm as much a, a part of the problem as anybody, but this kind of consumerist mentality that we have, especially in our country, that kind of forgets the people behind like the things that we use, the things that we enjoy, the things we might bring into our homes as decorative items.
1: Yeah. I was just reflecting on this the other day because whenever I talk to people about our mission, they see the inherent good in it. I think most people agree that knowing who makes your your the items in your home is good. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of tried to dig deeper and figure out why. And I was thinking about this in terms of names and knowing a person's name. And I think even this happens to me where a friend will say, Will you pray for my aunt? You know, she's going through this time. And often you say, well what's her name? Can I can I take her name, mm-hmm. you know, into my prayer. And so there's something so important about names. And even though we can't have you meet the artisan face to face, we can tell you their name and um, hopefully their picture as well, which is another, you know, beautiful thing we could do online. Mm -hmm. So there's just something so human about a name and humanizing about, you know, knowing the names behind our goods and whether they live here or abroad, it seems good and important to do.
0: Right, right. No, I agree. And and some of the most meaningful items that I have on our walls in our home are ones that have a story behind them like that, whether Mm -hmm. it's a photograph that somebody took or um, there's one particular painting that my husband and I bought from uh, an artist on the street in Antigua, like so many years ago when I was pregnant with our first daughter. And I still remember talking with that man. And so he created this, this work of art that is on our wall. And, you know, it's never going to hang in a museum, but it has this beautiful story and this part of our history attached to it. So, so much more meaningful. And, And let's talk a little bit too about the ethics of this. You know, I think it's not often enough that we pause to reflect on how the goods that, whether it's the clothes we wear or the cheap items that we might, you know, have access to uh, through Amazon or Walmart or any of these other places. Like, we, I don't think we think often enough and go deep enough in considering the, the impact that even just one person's shopping habits can have on kind of the, the way that the global economy works and the way that um, some, some people are in situations where they're being abused. And I don't really want to be a part of that, you know? And <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I think it, it probably is impossible to completely wipe out all connections with, you know, child labor or anything like that. But it, at least making this this kind of intentional step toward it, like thinking a little bit about where you're buying your products, strikes me as a good first step toward that. What do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, the the system is kind of broken in many places. Mm. This chain, it's broken. and And I can't claim that the village green is going to solve all of these problems, but we can put part of the chain back together. And I think that will help Mm -hmm. start. I hope that we can make a movement and, and so that people can expect to know the names of the people who create these things. And now I, now I know that I desire it more too. And it's a really hard thing as a consumer to choose to do. Um, It takes more time in your shopping habits um, mm-hmm. It's so easy to click and buy things. I get that. I have three mm-hmm. little kids. I just want the things to show up on my doorstep when I need them. <laughs> um, uh, it's oftentimes cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so to spend the time budgeting for the, you know, important things that you need to buy. But I do think it's worth it, especially when you, you know, are know that your hard-earned money is being spent in somewhere that aligns with your values. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. The fact that it's such an overwhelming problem and that we're not going to solve it ourselves isn't a reason to not make any effort at all. Right. Mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. um toward doing the right thing. So um, tell us about some of the other items you have in your shop. So you've got, you know, wall art, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like uh, just decorative items. You have paper goods. Uh, tell us about some of the different categories of things that you offer.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great start. We have a lot of pieces of jewelry. We have gosh, lots of, um, kitchen items, um, you know, handcrafted wooden, you know, spatulas and spoons, Mm -hmm. and we're growing our catalog a lot. So we have lots of good things, new things to look forward to, but we especially, as you mentioned, have cards that are, you know, hand block printed. Those are in hand block printed in Maine. So kind of closer to you up there Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah our goal is to have it just be a place where you go for any type of home good or special gift item that you're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and i I, I like that it, there's this variety of things. um, but what are some of the ways that you're you're seeking to expand? Um mm-hmm. are there particular items that you're looking, you know, kind of on your goals list for the coming year or two?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm always looking at beautiful vintage items that I can't find anymore. and you know, the most recent one was I, I love how candlesticks, vintage candlesticks look. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I searched and searched and I said, there's, you know, there's gotta be someone making these that I can connect with, you know, really personally. And lo and behold, I found, you know, this couple in Missouri who are making them. And Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was amazing. And they were making them this beautiful vintage style, um, which is, which I love. And is, is sometimes harder to find. Um, so that's always what I'm looking for. Right. Finding kind of vintage items and figuring out, can we get them made? We might be having some, you know, custom made for the village green coming this year. Mm, Nice. just embracing the kind of beauty of the past.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. I especially I, I liked seeing the um, wall sconces that you have. Mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. they're very much in keeping with the kind of um, decorative style that I like to have here. Where my husband Dan built our house, but it's in an early American style. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. it. Look it. It'll look fantastic. So yes, mm-hmm. definitely planning a, a little a little shopping spree oh, okay. <laughs> in the well, near future. You. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit more, though, about you becoming this businesswoman while you're becoming a mom, right? You're mm-hmm. kind of embracing both of those roles at the same time. And anytime I get a busy working mom on the show, I love to ask, what does your balance look like? You know, what kinds of... Tips or encouragement might you offer to women who are considering doing something similar? How does how does your your life kind of balance? I know your husband's involved in the work with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the question of the day, isn't it? Um <laughs> I always listen closely when this is talked about. I know. Because I'm trying to figure it out for myself. Um, I've done over the past few years that we've been married. I've worked full time out of the home. I've worked full time in the home, I've worked part time in the home, and I've just been a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. as well. And all of them have their challenges. I think it comes down to sitting down and figuring out what your particular family values and what even what times of day you hold sacred as a family. Right. Um and, you know, make sure make sure to preserve those and then, you know, working really hard in the other times of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed to be able to work from home, but because I work from home, I work almost all the time because I know (laughs) as moms know you're working (laughs) with the kids and taking care of them, and I love that. And that is my primary job. And then, you know, as soon as nap time hits, you're doing work. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people will, you know, relate to that. So for us, it's breakfast. We like to sit down and eat breakfast together and we do it a little bit slowly. And that works for us. It sets the tone for our day. And then we're off and running, um, mm-hmm. trying to do a little homeschooling for a four-year-old, you know, just <laughs> a little bit and taking care of the two-year-old and playing with her. But that's what we hold sacred. And then of course, Sunday, uh, we do our best to set that apart and not do our normal work. Right. So I think it's, you know, sitting down as a couple and prioritizing, figuring out what works best for your family. And it looks so different for each family.
0: Right. Right. I think that's the key, right? is figuring out what what is going to be the right fit for your family because each family has different work circumstances and mm-hmm. different opportunities and different temperaments and Um, And I've I've even discovered through my years of family life that, you know, once you think you've got a rhythm figured out, and it's working for you, then your your kids are growing and changing and involved in different things and kind of you kind of got to always be open to that kind of shift. So I think that's very, very wise of you. But I like that you mentioned having mealtime together and that it's not dinner think that's great because <laughs> oh, that yeah. might not be what works for most people you know yeah. and we kind of have this like family dinner is like the holy grail in our minds and mm-hmm. I know I'll sometimes you know find myself falling short and like oh we're not we're not sitting down together as a family but there's there's all different ways of sitting down together as a family right mm-hmm. and
1: depending on the ages of your children breakfast could work well for you for a year and then it will change and become yeah. dinner or lunch or exactly. you know some people have a tea time during the day which I think is so sweet and probably does not work well for us at all right now, but it's something I would like to
0: work towards. Well, with all those girls, I think you <laughs> probably have it. tea time in your future. Yeah, we probably do. <laughs> with some some uh, vintage items from Maybe. the Village yeah. Green, I think. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it now. Um, do you have any aspirations of doing things that are specifically for children, like toys or that kind of thing? We do.
1: Yes, we would love to do toys and yeah um, kids clothes and the whole thing so we're mm-hmm. just working on growing and building you know building the inventory is so much fun it takes a lot of time and, and effort uh, but we would love to get there
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah so just a practical question that's coming to mind as you're you're talking about growing your inventory mm-hmm. do you do you keep a warehouse where you are or are you shipping from multiple places how does that work
1: mm-hmm. yes we keep a warehouse where we are and especially with handmade goods like I like to look at each one of them uh, mm-hmm. before they they leave. And um, it's very hands-on. All of it's here. Um, we're packaging it. I, I was packaging everything uh, myself up until last year, the whole thing mm-hmm. being nine months pregnant, packaging these <laughs> orders and just, you know, it was really a labor of love. Um, sure. And yeah, so we have all of the inventory
0: here. That's wonderful, yeah, oh, I, I'm so grateful to you for for stepping out and, you know, t- taking this risk and doing this this thing that I think is so valuable and it's it's just a really encouraging thing for me to see this this shop coming together and growing in the way that you're growing it together, even as you're growing your family. I think it's a, a beautiful thing. So tell us where people can go. Give us that that um, website one more time.
1: absolutely. so it's shop s h o p the dot com and we're on um, Instagram as well. You can find all the links um, on our website.
0: Oh, nice. Okay, so you can keep up with Instagram and you'll you, you probably showcase the newest goods and that sort of thing there. So I okay. know I'm gonna be clicking over there to follow, but we will have all of those links in the show notes for you over at ascensionpress.com. If you want to subscribe and get those show notes in your inbox, text the word girlfriends to 33777, then you won't miss any of the good stuff from Girlfriends or from The Village Green. Blair Sighs, I am so thrilled that you were able to join us here today, and I'm grateful for what you and your family are doing. Thanks so much for doing that work that's important, but also for coming on Girlfriends and sharing about it.
1: Thank you so much, Danielle. It was a pleasure.
0: All right. We've got more of the show coming up for you, but first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast.
1: Did you know that every single item in a Catholic church points us towards heaven? Make every visit to a Catholic Church a powerful reminder of God's presence with a new book from Ascension, The Sacred That Surrounds Us, by Andrea Zachman. The Sacred That Surrounds Us awakens Catholics to the mystery of the seemingly ordinary items we see every week at Mass. It explains with clarity the symbolic realities and historical facts of each one. To order The Sacred That Surrounds Us, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon.
0: Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback, whether it's a question someone has for me or feedback on a topic or sharing your own experience about something related to the things that we're talking about here at Girlfriends. And um, this week I heard from Mary Ann and here's what Mary Ann said. She said, good morning. Thank you so much for everything you do. I am finding so much wisdom in your podcast while doing the dishes, folding laundry or strolling my one-year-old Side note, I love hearing about the things that you do when you listen to the podcast. I like thinking about everybody out there just living their lives and that we're able to connect through the miracle of podcasting and um, modern technology. What a gift to be able to be a part of your life in that way. Okay. Anyway, Marianne goes on. I am a Catholic wife and mom of a baby girl, and we now have another one on the way. My husband went to seminary before discerning out and later meeting me. We are working really hard to fill our home thoughts and children's minds with good Catholic values. We feel one good way to do this is through books. The world of Catholic authors and books are growing, but not necessarily within our public library. I have tried requesting certain books, but the requests were rejected. How do you suggest filling a home with good Catholic literature for every stage of life without breaking the bank? Warm regards, Marianne. Marianne, I really appreciate your question. And I appreciate the fact that you have that goal in your family to be filling your family home and your children's minds and your own as well with good Catholic literature. And you're right, there's so many resources out there that you really could break the bank, you know, supporting all of these. And I so I totally understand that. And I understand small budgets as well. So you said you tried going through your library, there might be another library that you could try going through and just, you know, consider doing that like a different library and making a request and see if your request could be honored there. I've had some luck um, with local libraries and sometimes you can get it through interlibrary loan, but some of these newer books, libraries, public libraries aren't necessarily picking up, you know, the latest from Ave Maria press or whatever, for example, but here's something that kind of came to mind as you were kind of sharing about your life there, Marianne, and you might consider doing this becoming a book reviewer. So years ago, when I first was involved in publishing magazines, one of my first kind of gigs was a book reviewer for Faith and Family magazine. They had like a small section of the magazine that was kind of reviewing books. And at the start, the editor you know, at the time just told me, you know, call up these publishers and let them know that you're reviewing books and ask to get put on their review copies list. And I did that. And let me tell you, all these years later, I still get inundated with books. (laughs) Like I get so many books and I'm on lists with publishers for review copies of books that I never would read and I have no interest in and they're not Catholic and I don't know how I got on these lists. But, you know, as you were describing your problem, I'm like, Marianne, I have the opposite problem and I wish I could just change the address on all of these lists to your address so that you could get these copies. But anyway... (laughs) My problem isn't your problem, um, but for me, I just I wind up kind of piling up these books, and I I give them. A lot of them are great books. A lot of them are great Catholic books, and I I love the opportunity to be able to read them. Um, but I'm not necessarily going to want to keep them all in my house because I'd get overwhelmed. I end up like bringing them to my parish or giving them to friends who might enjoy them and making donations of them in that way. Um, so you might you might check out your parish. There might be somebody or you know something along those lines where there's a place where people kind of share books uh, through your parish. You might. Ask about it. Or you might look into starting something like that at your local parish. But back to the book reviewer idea. Maybe you want to just kind of start uh, a website where you review Catholic books. And, you know, Catholic authors are always looking for reviews of their books. And you don't have to have like some big following to be able to do it. It's actually very helpful to a Catholic author to have an Amazon review of their book. So maybe you want to offer to do that. Reaching right out to authors or to publishers and asking to get on their review copy lists would be a really great thing for you to be able to do and a nice little side hobby where you could be doing these book reviews and kind of sharing the the great content with other people. Also holding yourself accountable for actually reading these books that you're gonna be bringing into your home. So that was the thought that I had. I don't know if it'll work for you, but I, I think many publishers are more than happy to add you to their list. But you might wanna kind of get established first so that you could show them like, here's my website, here's some recent reviews I did, that kind of thing. Um, but you might, if you wanna make money doing it, as well you might reach out to some different publications and ask if they they need book reviews that might be a kind of writing that you could do on the side as well and get put on the reviewers list for for those publications as well so that's my idea you know the the subject line of your email says where to rent catholic books and I don't think there's, maybe someone's going to enlighten me here, but I don't think there's any way to rent Catholic books. But maybe there is. (laughs) If anybody knows of any way, let me know. If you have other ideas for Marianne, how do you bring good Catholic books into your life without breaking the bank? I think it's a great question. It's a great goal to have. And I hope that um, my little ideas here might be helpful to you as well, Marianne. If you want to send a question like Marianne did or if you have um, some feedback on a topic that you want to share from this episode or a previous episode of Girlfriends, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me danielle at daniellebean.com. All right, that's all the time we have for today. But I do want to encourage you to join us over in the Girlfriends community, especially for the season of Lent. A great time for us to be kind of growing in grace, growing in friendship as we encourage and support each other through the season of Lent. So come on over to girlfriendscommunity.com. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension the leader in Catholic faith formation.